welcome to Streams of Progress, where we bring you weekly conversations with many of the UAE's prominent leaders and thinkers. Each of our guests are actively contributing to the vitality of the UAE community and economy. Our goal on the podcast is to inspire you to drive progress in your professional and personal life. Hey everyone, this is Mera, and this week on Streams of Progress, I sat down with Mark Serrera, CEO and founder of Companies for Good. Mark is a business ethics, CSR, and sustainability specialist with a clear vision. He strongly believes that doing business in a more ethical and sustainable way not only benefits society and the environment, but it helps companies outperform too. We discussed his entrepreneurial journey, which he embarked on at the age of 19 with his first venture in Spain. We also covered his travels across the globe, which eventually led him to Dubai to continue his work in the field of corporate social responsibility prior to launching Companies for Good. He shared many insights with us into what motivates him and how doing good leads to, well, good things. So let's jump right into the conversation. So we're sitting down with Mark Serrera, founder of Companies for Good. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So before we go into what is Companies for Good, I want to let our audience know a bit more about you. So if you could tell us a bit about your background. Where are you from? So originally from Barcelona. Uh, even though over the past 10 years I've been living abroad, I went first to Canada to do my studies there. Then I did a master's in business ethics in Sydney. Then I worked in London for five years and then I came to Dubai, where I've been the past five years. So from Canada to Australia to the UK. <laughs> Bit of a journey, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say from your travels across these different countries, are there different things you picked up? Yeah, well, uh, I guess every, every country is different. And the most interesting thing for me is to discover new places. I love traveling. I love meeting new people and basically getting to know how different cultures uh, do things differently. But also, I guess, you realize that even though th- like societies are different, but at the end of the day, people are all the same. Like, they all have the same worries. They all have the same things that makes them happy or excited. Uh, you know, we all like to fall in love and be correspondent. We all like to be surrounded by family and friends. And, and so at the end, we are all humans, regardless where we live. And you said you went from Canada to Australia. That was for studies as well, to Australia? Yes. So, well, I, I studied uh, economics. That was uh, my undergraduate. Uh, I was doing that in Barcelona. Then I got lucky and I won a scholarship to do one year of my studies in Canada. So I did that. While I was in Canada, I realized how lucky I was. So b- at the beginning, when I started to do economics, my main goal was to get into a big multinational corporation, scale up and get a lot of money and a nice position. Whereas when I was in Canada, I was able for the first time to see my own little wall from far away, if that makes sense, like metaphorically. From uh, outside I, From outside my little bubble, you know. And, and that helped me realize how lucky I was and how many other people in the world were not so lucky. And I decided that I wanted to do something with my life that was about giving back to others, still related to business because that's what I love, what I like, but not just business for the sake of increasing profits, but something that would be a bit more meaningful. And this is why after my year in Canada, when I came back, I decided to pursue my studies uh, in business ethics. So how to combine business with something else that would make it more meaningful. Yeah. And th- that's when you moved to exactly. Australia. Exactly. That's when I, I went to Australia. 
And that's where you continue studies or you're working there? So, no, over there I only did my studies. Actually, before going to Australia, I had already uh, set up my own uh, business at the age of 19. Uh, while I was studying in Barcelona, I was a bit bored at university, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the, I mean... At, they could have made the economics uh, very interesting, but for some reason, uh, like the way the system works is, uh, at least in Spain, is that the professor comes, tells you lots of things that you can read in books, and basically in the exam you just need to tell them back what they have told you in classes. So it was pretty dull. <laughs> and and I, I was bored at that point. I was, yes, going to classes, doing my exams, but still I needed something else. And because I had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit in me, I decided to, to set up a... A business, which I ran for four years, and then I sold it to an investor. And from the profits I made, I paid my master's in business ethics in Australia. And then, what took you to London then? Love, love. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, at that point uh, in Australia, I was with a with a lady, and she wanted to do her master's in London, and so I followed her there. And you were done with your master's? Right? I was done with my master's, exactly. So she came to Australia to be with me. And then, you know, I went to London to be with her. It was a bit of a, yeah, journey. And what did you do in London during that time? Then? So then when I got to London, I had finished my studies. I, hadn't, uh, I had been working for a long time, but never worked in the professional field of uh, business ethics or how to do business in a sustainable way. And I started begging people to give me like some kind of internship. <laughs> I just wanted an opportunity to to start, you know, building on my professional career. We all know how it is when you finish your studies. Uh, you're clueless about everything. You don't have any network. You're scared. And that, that was me at the age of 25 in London. And so I, I just started like trying to talk to people, trying to tell them that I wanted to work and learn until I got uh, an opportunity uh, at, a, at an agency, communications agency that had a department focused on sustainability, employee engagement, business ethics. And I just, yeah, put my foot there as an intern and then managed to, work to stay there for four years. Yeah. So if we now start talking about your work experience, I would say technically your first experience is what you set up. Is that the Ithaca cultural space? Yes. Is that your... Exactly. Like, so what was that? What exactly was... So I come from a little village called Tona, T-O-N-A. We are only 7,000 people. It's very tiny. But when I was young, we were, um, I mean, with our group of friends, we were lacking a space where we could hang out and we could uh, basically uh, have fun and listen to live music. And so we, because it didn't exist, we had to go to other towns nearby. So with a friend of mine, we decided to set up our own uh, cultural space and we created Itaka, which was a bar slash cultural space. And we did like live concerts and other kind of like DJ sessions for the youth in the town to be... A place for the youth to get together and do different events or... Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And that's the one you said you sold off then? Yes. Then, okay. Yeah, so after four years, uh, I mean, it kept growing. It was working well. It was a very nice experience. We learned a lot from it. Way more than I learned in university. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit critical with my studies. I just thought they didn't do a good job. But uh, like anything in life, when you practice, when you have to go through the challenges and solve them yourselves, you know, you can be like two years doing marketing at the school, but there's nothing that you're going to learn more than 
having your own business and needing to do marketing to attract customers. That's when you really learn all the tricks and what works and what doesn't. Yeah. It's no longer theory, it's practice. Exactly, exactly. I guess then your next main job was the one you're referring to, the agency in London? Yes, exactly. That was Radley Yeldar? Radley Yeldar, yeah. correct. Yeah. So tell us more about your role there. You said it was sustainability related. So yes, what? first it was, uh, I just got there as an intern and I was doing pure research. Uh, it was very boring, but at the same time, it was what was required to do. Uh, I guess most entrepreneurs that would be out there listening to this will relate to the fact that things are not as easy as they look like from the outside. When you already have your own uh, startup and it's working well, people look at you and think, oh, that's so amazing, and either think that you got really lucky or they think that you know everybody could do it. It's so simple. Uh, but most entrepreneurs would agree that you have to go through a journey of doing loads of things that are not as cool or sexy <laughs> as one would think. And it involves like doing what, what's required to do, what you need to do to learn and to make your way up. And that's what I did on my first months at Radley Elder. Uh, I was doing research and spending lots of hours by myself in front of a computer trying to gather the, the required data for that specific project. And then step by step, I started to learn a bit more, to be a bit more confident as a professional. They started to trust me more as well. I, and then I started to do client work. So it was mainly going to um, companies and helping them with uh, challenges that they faced, most of the time related to employee engagement, but always with that twist of sustainability, corporate social responsibility, or business ethics. So during that period, I had the chance to work with uh, Nivea, like the cream, yeah. with uh, Rolls-Royce, for instance. We did an amazing program. So they wanted to create an ethics uh, training program as well as a code of conduct. And we helped them set it up and, and do all the communications and training for the 40,000 employees they have worldwide. So it was employee engagement with a sustainability twist. Correct, yes. And... You did that for how long? You said four years? Four years, yes. How did you end up in the UAE? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically after four years, I was uh, I was very happy there, but I was still hungry for more experiences. And I quit my job. I left my apartment in London. I took a backpack and I went to South America. And I spent uh, like six months traveling without any kind of a specific goal or without any fixed uh, journey or any timeline. It was just seeing what life would bring me. And over there, I met the person who is now my wife. So again, for love, <laughs> I ended up like uh, coming to Dubai because she was, I mean, she's also like Catalan, like me, yeah. back, from, back from Barcelona. But you met her in South America. But yes, but she was living in Dubai already and I met her in Argentina. So it was Such a, a small world. Yes, exactly. So it was a, it's a very romantic story explained like uh, properly. You know, she explains it like during half an hour, half an hour. <laughs> For me, I just go quick. Like we met, it was amazing and now I'm here. <laughs> But uh, but if you hear it from from Laura from from my wife, uh, yeah, it's a it's a romantic story. It was very nice. <laughs> Do you want to recap it? What, what yeah. exactly? Well, so yeah, I mean, she she also like uh, quit her job here, uh, well, kind of a sabbatical, and went to South America, and so did I. And then we were on a trekking in Ushuaia, which is like the most southern point on Earth, like almost touching the Antarctica. 
and we basically crossed paths on the on a trekking and we started talking and immediately there was some kind of connection and then after that we we well we ended up like getting to know each other a bit better afterwards and then we continued our paths because we already had like a different journeys uh, i was going to chile she was going to uh, buenos aires where i came from and then after two or three weeks uh i was missing her because uh, you know she created a big impact on me and she was already doing her last days in south america before coming back to dubai and so by surprise i completely changed my journey i bought a flight ticket uh, one way for the other to fly from santiago to rio where she was going to be and i surprised her and we spent her last week in south america together in the carnival in rio and then so, you followed her back to dubai or she well left? and and then well that that week was uh, you know amazing we really like fell in love and it was like super nice and then i continued a few more days traveling she came back she had to because she was starting her job like uh, right after but at that point we were already completely like attached to each other like skyping and texting and and then there was a point that I, again like i took a two days flight ticket because i was in the amazon in manaus so i from the amazon i came to dubai all the way to to see her and to be and then i stayed already here so you ended up staying that yeah that, yeah that flight was your last flight yes I had a return ticket, but I never took it. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why I'm here in Dubai. Yeah. Okay. So now let's speaking of Dubai. Yeah. What was your first job here, or was it the Chaloup Group uh, role that I know of? Or yes. So my first job here was with a retail uh, company, Chaloup Group, at the sustainability team, and it was about helping the business be more sustainable in their operations, as well as to run different sustainability and CSR activities for the employees to be able to take part in the in the strategy and be able to do something positive for society and the environment. What kind of activities does that include? So internally, we developed activities like uh, installing solar panels in our warehouses and our offices, uh, a recycling program to make sure we were minimizing the waste uh, sent to the environment. We also did... Uh, lots of projects to engage our supply chain into the sustainability journey. And then we also organized activities, uh, for instance, to pack stationary materials that would be donated to schools, to fundraise money that would be donated to cancer research, and so on. And how would you come up with the initiatives? Was it you and a team coming together? Yes, so we were a team of three people. And all together, like we each had different roles, but all together we were kind of... Well, we had the strategy as a as childhood group. We defined a strategy based on four pillars. Um, and then we were creating different initiatives based on these pillars and with different KPIs, objectives. And we had a very strong kind of buy-in from the senior leadership, from the two CEOs, which was really, really positive because when you have um, the CEOs uh, kind of support, then everything and there's no pushback. Easier. Exactly. <laughs> and there's actually support behind it. Exactly. There is a strong support and we had like a decent budget and decent like a kind of support to make things happen. And how long were you with them? I was four years there. Four years there. Yeah. And then after that you started Companies for Good or was there a break? In between. Okay. 
after three years at Childhood Group, I decided I wanted to create something of my own, like my entrepreneurial kind of uh, kicked in again. soul. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't help it anymore. I was a bit like tired of the corporate wall uh, and the, the the working job of, you know, uh, 9 to 6 p.m. didn't really uh, fulfill me any longer. Yeah. So you wanted 24 hours. So you yeah, wanted the entrepreneurial exactly. version. <laughs> I wanted work over the weekend. <laughs> Well, that's how it was actually. But yeah, no, I, I, I just needed something else. And I proposed to Childhood Group. Well, I proposed. I, I told them, look, I want to start something on the side. Uh, it's not going to affect my work. Is that okay with you? They accepted, which was very nice of them. And so I, I started to develop this idea of companies for good. At the beginning, it was just an idea. I was working on it on the evenings and weekends, starting to test it. And then I realized that it was potentially a good idea. Uh, some companies started to to ask us to well, for our services, and I started to get really good feedback. And so for a period of, a, of one year, I was working on both, like full-time at Childhood Group and evenings and weekends for <laughs> the, 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 the social enterprise companies for good. Until there was a point that uh, I really wanted to to make it grow. I wanted to dedicate my full energy to companies for good and then i i just left childhood group so now speaking of companies for good just for our listeners how, how do you describe what is companies for good companies for good is a social enterprise that helps businesses do good for either the community or the environment so very like a concept that we have created that it's fairly innovative is uh, good on demand Basically, when I mean, when you need something, you're looking for some information, you go to Google. When you need a hotel, you go to booking.com. When you want to do good, you go to companiesforgood.ae. We have a wide range of initiatives for businesses to do good, and we help them do it in a very easy, hassle-free way. And how it works is that we partner with charities social enterprises, community organizations that are already doing amazing things for the environment, for um, people with determination, for people who are suffering from cancer, for refugees, so for, for the community in general. We come up with initiatives and activities that can be attractive uh, for companies because most of the time it involves corporate groups to get out of the office and do something to so a bit of employee engagement like employee engagement but for a positive cause and then we basically behave as a bridge between the corporate wall and the charities what happens quite often is that the charities again are doing amazing work to help that specific cause that they are so passionate about but they struggle to get involvement and support from companies then on the other hand, companies want to get involved, bring their employees together, create that kind of team bonding and, and make a positive impact. But they struggle to find the right initiatives for them. And so we act as a platform to connect both. As you said, it was sustainability, environmental side, and also then actually helping people as well. Yes, right? it's like anything social... related to doing good. Yeah. So if you want to do good... Companies for Good is yeah. the place to go. And what's an example of some of these activities? Because you said people of determination. So how can a company, what kind of activity yes. does a company engage in to help? So for instance, this morning, uh, we were doing an activity with DP Wall. We took a group of employees to Mawaheb, which is an artist studio in Bastakia, in the Dubai city center. 
and they all together with a group of people of determination, they did art activities. So the day started with uh, some yoga class and then the students who are uh, people with special needs introduced themselves to the group and explained what kind of art they do and how they are developing their interpersonal skills through the art activities. And then they engaged with the employees and they spent two hours together creating pieces of art. So that's one of the activities. It was really good fun. Like everybody had, you know, a, a fantastic time. It's eye-opening for both sides. Like for the volunteers, it's good to interact with people that behave in a different way than what they normally used to. As a team, they bonded as well. They supported the charity. The students also gained from the experience. And so it's a, some kind of win-win-win-win yeah. uh, scenario. Pretty ultra-win scenario. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you mentioned Dubai, but... I, from what I understand, you also do activities outside of Dubai. So where do you guys operate? We operate mainly in the UAE. Yeah. We also have activities in Fujairah, in Abu Dhabi. Only last week we were with Mubadala doing a mangrove cleanup. That's another of our most popular activities. So we go, we take kayaks and we go around the mangrove park and we are collecting all the plastics and all the trash that we find on the area. And we also have activities in Spain. We just opened, like, this year, we started to offer uh, some activities there. Similar types of sustainability and also... Yes, exactly. So it's uh, all these kind of team-building activities with a positive impact. And what would you say, I know this comes back to your business ethics background, but what drives you to want to do this? What's your motivating factor for this? Yeah, I guess it's the fact that you can do well, you can run a business, you can make money while bringing something positive to society. I've, I think for me, that's the, the main driver. And it's amazing if you are working in something that is creating a positive impact, the level of fulfillment that you get, it's amazing. Like it really feels rewarding. Working with people, seeing them have a good time, um, doing something good for the environment. It just super nice and so if there if there is a possibility to create social enterprises that do these win-win scenarios then that's amazing like if we all did that we would have like an amazing world do you think you had any role models growing up that you look to maybe not specifically with this business ethics just yeah. in general did you have any role models i did have uh two role models one very very local and very personal which was my grandfather he was uh a very smart businessman that I admire a lot. And when I was little, he would take me with him and, you know, show me, show me around, which I, I found like most interesting. So from the sense, from this perspective of uh, hard work and, and making things happen, my grandfather was a great role model, more from a global, um, ideological perspective. Uh, Mohammed Yunus is a, a big role model. I'm not sure if you're familiar with... The uh, microloans, right? Yes. So he's, he was the one who kind of coined the concept of social enterprise already uh, 20 or 25 years ago. He created the Grameen Bank, and now it's like the Grameen conglomerate of companies. But he always worked with this mindset of let's do something that helps people, but at the same time, Let's do it in a way that makes money so it is sustainable. It's not dependent on donations Charities or charity, yeah. etc. It's self-sustainable 
financially and then yeah on top of of making something that is good do you think you have any personal routines or habits that you would say are kind of unique to you like do you have anything you do every day i do this or every weekend i tend to do this not really i i think because of my personality i don't like routines too much so i of course there are certain things that one does like i try to do sports and i try to to be a kind of uh, self-discipline in the sense of start working uh, early every morning. But I also try not to be too disciplined. So I try to, to create uh, a working day and, and a way of doing things that it, it flows. And because I have the, the opportunity, luckily, to be my own boss and so I can create my own time, I really try to go with the flow. And some days I can work really hard, 12 hours, and do a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, harsh work. And then other days it might be more a day of uh, thinking and, and a bit more relaxed and having you know the amazing opportunity to do uh, a podcast. <laughs> well, you were actually working earlier today as well. So. Yes, I was. But I, I was like uh, with a company doing art with people, so it was. It's such a nice. Work. But that's the good part of yeah, your work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's still work though. It's still working, but it, it doesn't feel like working. That's yeah. the, that's the nice part. Yeah. Would you say you have any? hobbies you tend to you, you just hinted at you like to do sports but are there any hobbies you do not really right now no a, a sport is the the main hobby well i have a new hobby recently uh so seven weeks ago i had a baby oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> congratulations uh, my, my first baby yeah, son uh, uh, a little boy and and so my hobby right now is to spend time with him every morning and every evening like before and after work uh just it's fascinating. Like he's adorable. I'm, I love. Uh, I'm loving parenthood so far. So my hobby right now is talking to him and making, trying to make him laugh, <laughs> which is already like uh, super nice. He's he has a, like a smile here and there, which is super sweet to see. Oh, that's great. I mean, yeah. that's like a full time hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we'll move on to our rapid fire questions. These can be short or long answers. Uh, sure. Whatever you feel comfortable. If we could give you one of these billboards on Sheikh Zayed Road going towards Abu Dhabi. And, you know, we have a lot of tourists coming in probably in the next year with Expo 2020. And we gave you that billboard, not to promote your company, but if you could put a message for people from all around the world to see, what would you like them to know, to see? Yeah, I would tell them, I would put like really big, do good. The way you want, whenever you want, for whoever you want, but just do it, do good. I think we have too many people in the world that are just uh, finger pointing, criticizing, expecting others to do things. Oh, this is not working because these and that. It's like, you know, instead of spending so much time criticizing or complaining or telling others what to do, just do it. Do good. Do something. Yeah, even a little bit. It's something. Even a little bit. That's fine. If you want, you know, recycle at home. Perfect. Or take your kids out to do something or just Make things happen. Do good. Oh, that's nice. That's nice and simple as well. Do you have any favorite books? Or if you were going to gift a book to someone, what, what would you gift? I loved reading uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was, oh, the uh, original Song yeah, of Fire. Nice. Song of Fire, yeah. Song of Ice and Fire, correct. 
uh, already before the series in 2008, I read like the first four books and the fifth one in 2012 when it came out. And I love them. I love them to bits. And so that's, uh, if I want to give away like a, a novel, not anymore now because now it's, it's too mainstream. <laughs> after that. But I was doing that before. <laughs> Uh, the Fall of Giants is also a really good novel. Uh, What's that? From Ken Follett, The Fall of Giants. It's a trilogy, and so it's a, it's a, again a tale like a novel that has lots of interesting stories of love and friendship and hatred, and it happens throughout the last century. So the first one was it's based around the First World War, second one is the Second World War, and the third one is the Cold War. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Third World War. <laughs> <laughs> no, not there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's super interesting. And then if, if I have a friend who is a bit more of a freak and I want to give uh, him or her something that it's more like an essay book, like more than The Black Swan from Dr. Taleb, Taleb is also like a, a book that I would give away. Do you have any favorite documentaries? Favorite documentaries? Uh, well, right now I'm watching a lot of documentaries related to the political conflict between Spain and Catalonia. I'm not sure if, if it's much in the news here, but uh, I, like me, myself, I consider myself a Catalan and I don't feel Spanish and I would like Catalonia to be independent from Spain. And so nowadays there are lots of documentaries in Netflix as well as in many other places that uh, explain the, the roots of the conflict between Catalonia and Spain and so it's it's some some document some of these documentaries I find like really fascinating and I and I like watching them to be a bit more knowledgeable and have like stronger opinion about the the situation. Do you see both sides as well when you watch? I, I want to think I see both sides. I, I'm aware that I'm biased because I was born in one of the sides in Catalonia, and my family and friends are all Catalan, and so I'm I'm definitely biased. But I do try to, I mean, in Catalonia, we speak both languages, Catalan and Spanish. We have all TV channels, Catalan and Spanish, and, and we are, have access to all the media. And so I try to, to read both to get like a, a bit of a more informed uh, perspective. But still, I'm like pro-independence. What were your thoughts on the recent election? So the recent election... I've, I mean, it hasn't changed much from the one we had before. We had already two elections this year in, in Spain. And over the past three, four years, we had so many. Because, I don't know, I guess democracy is not as strong there as one would think. Because politicians keep coming up with new elections if they don't get the results they expected on the previous ones. <laughs> which is, is not ideal. And, and now we are in a situation where there are many political parties with many ideas, all of them with their own agendas, and they are struggling to sit down, talk, and agree on, on, on common goals for the population. All gone kind of to extremes of each one's viewpoints. Yeah, right? and the extremes are growing, so it's a bit worrying, to be honest. And, and it's also worrying that uh, the political class are, to my opinion, not as professional as they used to be. I think before politicians were devoted to being public servants and you could agree with them or not they could have different ideas but they were loving being politicians and they were talking and they were trying to to come up with um, with with public uh, new laws and with new initiatives whereas nowadays i find them like puppets like they don't really think they're not there because they love uh, politics and they want to do good for society 
they're just there for short-term interest and they are like completely manipulated by the by the corporations and by the by the big powers and and you can tell that they don't have the the skills and the passion anymore and that that i think is the the sad part of of what we're seeing yeah, they don't have the long-term objective for the public good or that concept of the public good exactly. or the greater good for the public yeah lastly we have expo 2020 coming next year and if there was one let's say dream initiative they could come to you and say mark what would you like to see dubai try and do because we've seen dubai is pretty ambitious in terms of what they try and do but if they could say what's a dream initiative we should do mark what would you like them? What would be your answer to them? I would like to see, for instance, all the companies in Dubai or the UAE or most of them, as well as the public, the governmental entities, to join forces for a common goal. And it would be amazing if it could be something for the environment. I think uh, worldwide we are in a big uh, crisis. And we're going to start feeling the consequences of climate change very, very soon. And we still have time to reverse that situation, but we really need to work together and fast. And so, for instance, I would love to see His Highness Sheikh Mohammed saying on that specific day, for instance, like um, World Environment Day, everybody will join forces to do a massive clean up across the UAE and we will leave all the beaches spotless we will do underwater cleanups we will do mangrove cleanups desert cleanups we will leave the entire UAE environment clean of trash and then if we still have more volunteers at the same time somebody else will be planting trees and so like a common action where everybody's involved and there's a huge difference before and after it would be good if there was a platform that could <laughs> facilitate such a... <laughs> we can make it happen. <laughs> no, we, we, no. Could, we could potentially make it happen. Uh, I mean, uh, us collaborating with many others. I mean, one of the main sustainable development goals that we promote is number 17, partnerships. We are all about partnerships. We know that companies for good by ourselves cannot make a huge difference we can make get as far as we can get but then if we partner with lots of companies if we partner with lots of charities if we really um, create the the opportunities to to make a difference then it will happen and the difference it will be huge if it's all of us i, I actually like visual i'm thinking like on a marketing level if you imagine seeing before and after where here's a picture of the beach before and after but all on the same day yeah that one impactful day you see this is, let's say if it's on the 20th, this is the 19th and this is on the 21st. So on the 20th, they achieved all this. Imagine. <laughs> it would be. And, and you could even create a trend and yeah. it could be, you know, okay, um, let's say Oman wants to do the same and all the companies, all the people in Oman does a massive cleanup and then it's someone else and eventually they do it in India and you wouldn't notice and in two or three years time we might have... The impact, know, yeah. a huge impact. If we follow like this pace in twenty uh, in two thousand and fifty, I'm saying yeah, two fifty, there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean. Like, how is that even like yeah. possible? You know, like, and it will happen. It's very likely it will happen. We, it's in our hands to avoid it, and yet we are, keep like waiting until it will happen. So let's do something. Let's join forces all together to avoid all the pollution in the ocean. Let's join forces to. I don't know, support the communities that might need help, etc. I really like that. It's actually, <laughs> we should make that happen. Let's do it. <laughs>
<laughs> just before we close the interview, thank, thank you for being here. Is there any last words of wisdom you would like to leave our audience with? Any thoughts? I think, well, one of the thoughts I already mentioned before, it's the fact of getting into action, like taking action, doing things. I, I, I keep hearing people that dislike certain situations and they don't do anything about it. And that could be people complaining about their job, people complaining about their boss, people complaining about the beach being dirty, people complaining about whatever. All of us can do something about it. Even like when we go to the supermarket, we can choose which products we buy or not, and some of them will be more sustainable than others, just a matter of doing a bit of research. When we go to the mall, of course, when we have to make a decision which restaurant we go or if we're going to take the car or not. Or, there are so many things that we can make a positive impact on. And so let's focus on that. Let's focus on ourselves, on what we can do, and let's do it, even if it's a small thing. If all of us take a small action, all together it will be huge. But as long as we are sitting in the sofa and complaining about the situation, then things are not going to change. It's like you said, do good. Do good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, lastly, where can our listeners go to learn more about Companies for Good, about yourself? What's the best place to go? Yes. So for Companies for Good, we have the, our website, which would be the main portal with all the information, which is companiesforgood.ae. For me personally, I guess on my LinkedIn is where I post most of the thought leadership uh, pieces. Uh, we just, well, I just published an article about the future of corporate social responsibility and what, what's awaiting for us in the next uh, decade, which I think it's the, the era of good. And so I explain a bit more about that. And that's posted on the LinkedIn, which uh, it's... Uh, LinkedIn slash Sirera. We'll have a link to your... We'll have a link, yeah, so yeah, yeah. no need to... Yeah. Any any social media handles for companies for good? We have the usual channels, okay. Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, okay. all of them, like sure. comp- hashtag companies for good. Yeah. I'll share the links with you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. You can find this episode's show notes on our website at streamsofprogress.com slash do good. We'd love to connect with you, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram or reach out via our website. If you can please take a few minutes to give us an honest rating on iTunes, this really makes a huge difference and improves our ability to reach more people in the UAE and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next week on Streams of Progress.